Hello and welcome to Drop and Give Me 20 with Phil Riston. I am Phil Riston. If you're on YouTube, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. If you're on any podcast platform, please make sure to give me a nice five-star rating and a nice little review. Something positive, I hope. Oh man, we got a lot of things going on this week. I'm actually coming to you guys on a Friday because I have a special interview episode. This week we have uh, SNL's Vanessa Jackson, a good friend of mine. She's a great comedian, really, really funny person, very talented writer. And she actually got hired uh, just this year to be a new writer for SNL. That's right, Saturday Night Live, 30 Rock, Lorne Michaels. Chris Farley, the whole bit, all these people. She's part of that now. She's doing this now. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing for me just to see her as a friend uh, kind of like rise up and do all this stuff. And, you know, what's crazy is I kind of uh, I really wanted to interview her because we don't know each other that well. You know, I call her a friend, I, but I think it's just because she's such a friendly person and she's just so nice to be around. But in comedy and I think in a lot of things, whether it's, you know, show business or, you know, the corporate world or whatever, when you guys have, you know, this similar goals and the similar things that drive you, it's how you connect with each other. But a lot of times you don't really get to know the person directly next to you, you know, and she was one of those people. She was somebody that I would always see around uh, and we'd say hi and bye and we'd have our short little talks and all that type of stuff But I never really got to know the true Vanessa and uh, This podcast was a way for me to kind of get in there and really understand what makes her tick and, and know if we could kind of be friends I mean, I think that's the beauty of podcasting at least the podcast that I'm trying to make is this is basically my way to try and make friends and see if Half of the people that I know in, in my scene, or not even just the comedy scene, but in the world in general, I, I want to see if I, if I relate to them, you know, uh, what our understandings of life are, and compare notes and see what happens. Uh, so she was very, very interesting. We talked about a lot of different stuff. We talked about her, her life growing up in California. Uh, we talked a little bit about religion and spirituality towards the end, and uh, we also talked tons and tons of shop talk about comedy, uh, about the world of comedy writing. Um, you know, what it feels like to be at different levels in comedy and, you know, how she feels right now with the workload at SNL and, uh, you know, all that, all that fun stuff. So stick around for a lot of those questions. I get into them pretty much immediately. We really got the ball rolling. So I know you're going to love this one. Uh, please, you know, uh, make sure to like, share and subscribe. Like I said, she's a great comedian. Uh, make sure to follow her on Instagram. Also, uh, I'm going to be po posting her Instagram, uh, right up at the top. So, uh, make sure to follow her on Instagram as well too. She's hilarious. You're going to love her. Give it up for miss Vanessa Jackson. Uh, hello, Vanessa Jackson. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. Uh, yeah, Vanessa Jackson, new brand new writer for SNL. Uh, you know, amazing comedian. Uh, you know, great person in general. Uh, there's a lot of things I've been wanting to ask you. Uh, a lot of things, especially now that you got hired for uh, Saturday Night Live. And uh, I think the thing that's been burning in everybody's heart, the question that everybody wants to know is, are you dating Pete Davidson? <laughs> no, I am currently not. Um, he is busy with Kim Kardashian, which seems lovely. So, yeah. Well, you know, I just you never know with that guy. He's all over the place. He seems like a cool dude. He's charming, obviously. 
So that is know. a fact. I mean, it's never out of the realm of possibility, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> and you can give Kim Kardashian a, a run for her money, man. You know, you're a woman at the top of her field. Okay. That is true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Although I think she just passed the bar. I mean, she has everything going for her right now. I know. She's I love that. I'm yeah. Really jealous of her. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it's really good to see you for real. Uh, I do this, you know, I do these podcasts and everything. I'm, I've, this uh, podcast, Dropping Give Me 20, is usually a solo podcast where I just kind of talk uh, to the camera. So it's like a blog, or if you listen to it on a podcast, it's like a 20-minute uh, podcast. But I've tried doing these kind of almost hour-long ones with guests uh, just because I want to get to know uh, people and especially like other comedians that I see around a lot better, you know? And yeah. uh, you were kind of one of those people, you know, like... I feel like I see you around, but I don't know that much about you and everything. Like, you know, there's you're you're a woman of mystery. Okay. (laughs) That is the part about comedy. It's so weird. You see like bits and pieces of people. So you're like, I think I know this person, but do I really? Exactly. It's like all over the place, you know. So I guess let's let's start from the beginning. Where are you where are you from? Good question. I'm from Rancho Cucamonga, California. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Which is like an hour outside of LA. Have you heard of it? I, yeah, I have. Uh, you know, I've heard about it uh, just because I, I used to watch Workaholics all the time. So. Interesting. Everybody has a different reference point, and it always tells me exactly who you are as a person. People, they say Workaholics, Bring It On, or Friday. Uh, br- yeah, Bring It On, too. And Friday. Fuck, I forgot. They're in, I thought they were in Compton in Friday. No? Uh, they mentioned Rancho Cucamongas. There's something talked about in it. That's, that's so fucking funny. Yeah, you know what's funny is... Uh, you know, yeah, you that's that's surprising. You're from the West Coast for whatever reason to me, because I always assumed I don't know that you were from like Chicago or something. That is you so. Know? you were the second person this week who thought I was from Chicago. That is so interesting because you have like a winter you have like a winter city person's like kind of <laughs> attitude, like you're good hearted and shit, you know. Yeah. But I can tell you don't take too much shit from other people. You know, there's yeah. something about you that's really earnest. And I feel like you don't always get that. From a lot of yeah. people. They're like, oh, that's so funny. A winter city. I have a winter city temperament. I'll go with it. That is as long as it's nice. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It's like the same yeah. thing I see from uh people, you know, out in like New York or like you know, Philly or something like that, you know, Boston, yeah, whatever. Sure. I'm like, there's something about you. I see you, and I'm just like immediately, I'm like, oh, I, I wouldn't have never assumed something sunny. Yeah, <laughs> that's so- <laughs> That's so funny. I would have never assumed something sunny. <laughs> I love that for me. Not at all. But I, I think, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask you where you're from. Cause I, you know, like I was saying, you're one of those people that I would see a lot and I wouldn't know much about them. And I feel like too, like I was even doing some research on you and that was hard. Love you know? that. <laughs> like, I feel like you just like two years ago, you just like sprouted out of the trunk of a tree, like the Lorax. And here you were to speak for the comedians, you know, (laughs) that's so funny. Yeah, I don't I mean, before comedy, I don't really put stuff or use the Internet as much. I do because I do like comedy or whatever. And I'm like Mm -hmm. trying to build uh, social following or stuff like that. But I don't really have things on the Internet, I guess. You're right. So I started comedy, I think, three or four years ago. So, yeah, there wouldn't be much about me. Also, there was another Vanessa Jackson who, like, starved her children and was, like, a big (laughs) news sensation. So I think she really has taken up a lot of clicks on Google. Gotcha. Okay, so she's she's in SAG. 
Yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm just trying to like overpower her. And once I get to that level, I'll know I made it. (laughs) That's so fucking funny. Uh, Well, number one, too, I didn't realize that you'd only been doing comedy for three or four years. So congratulations for doing so much so quickly. Uh, You know, because I think a lot of us think we can do that. I think when you're especially when you're young, you know, uh, you think like, oh, yeah, like Aziz and Sari did it in like two years. I can just pop up and whatever. Uh, and then you don't realize how much actual effort it takes and the different things you need to do. So the fact that you understood that, got through it and accomplished things is tremendous. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I know. Comedy is, especially stand-up comedy, it's one of those things where you're like, if somebody had told me all the things you must do before I did this, <laughs> it's like an insane journey. It does. It feels like I keep telling people in some senses it feels very quick because it was, but then it also feels very long because you think about like all the mics you've sat at and all yeah. the like, yeah, all the like grind and the grit that you have to go through that you're like, oh, yeah, it's only been three years. It feels like a century. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, for real, man. It's it's a lot, dude. Uh, also, too, I wanted to say, like like you were saying, you don't really uh, before, you know, SNL and stuff, you didn't really have that much of like a social presence and stuff. I've noticed that with like a lot of writers, you know, like I feel like there's the there's this side of, uh, you know, writers that will be working for late night or something who uh-huh. uh, will have had like a decent amount of social media or you have those guys who, you know, put out YouTube sketches and then they blow up through that. But people don't realize that that's actually like a small percentage of I feel like a lot of people that are comedy writers, like a lot of people that are comedy writers that I know that are working, you know, they barely really put anything out. They just kept on submitting packets and just writing and writing, you know. Yeah. Like, why do you think that is? Why do you think you guys mostly don't put shit out there? Um, That's a really good question. I would say that there's kind of like two different types. I'm just bad at social media. So I'm not even the type who doesn't put stuff out. I'm just bad at it um, because I'm like a writer performer. And so I want to do like stand up and like eventually in front of the camera stuff and things like that. So I should be putting more stuff out. But then I think there's also like a lot of just writer writer types like i know a bunch of people who like have no aspiration to ever do any sort of performing they're just purely writers which means they're writing pilots they're writing stuff i know some people who like started stand up to get in a writer's room and then once they got it they're like all right cool i'm just gonna like do this and be like in a room um so i think it just kind of depends on like what your aspirations are and if you're a person who's just purely like a writer then you don't really need to do any of the other stuff because you're not really looking to like gain a brand or build anything on yourself you're just looking to write for other people you know yeah no that's that's totally fair and i also think too there's something to be said about people who kind of hone into one thing Mm -hmm. you know like I think now people, everyone, like whether you're a comedian or you're a fucking doctor, whatever, because of social media and there's so many different outlets for people to express themselves. I think they feel the pressure to express themselves in a million different ways rather than kind of concentrating just on one or even like two or three and kind of seeing how that goes. You know, like, do you think because you kind of uh, you know, slow down on, on that side of the social media side. Do you think that actually helped you, you know? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, not more or less. I think, uh, I think for me, it's just like more of a thing of like, I love stand up. What I do is stand up. So I like want to put more clips and stuff online, but I don't know if I'm necessarily like a front face 
in camera kind of person where people do like the characters and stuff on there. Um, so for me, I think, I think social media is like very important in general, but again, it really just depends on like what your aspirations are. Like I said, for people who are just like writer writers, which is a little bit of like the old guard, you know, where like yeah. people sit in coffee shops for hours and they sit on their computers like and then on a typewriter. Yes, exactly. And then they get a literary agent and they send out their scripts everywhere. And then they're writing a movie and writing a thing like that. So that's your aspiration. I guess, you don't you don't really need social media as much because you're just trying to be in a room or get staffed on a show. I think like the social media thing is also for like, yeah, I don't know. This whole thing about comedy, I always tell people it's a big thing is like getting very clear on what you want early, I think really, really helps. Because like you said, there's so many different things that you can do. Um, but yeah, just giving yourself kind of, and again, you can always pivot and switch and do whatever you want, but giving yourself kind of a guideline early of like, all right, but this is what I want to hone in on. No, I think, I think that's absolutely right. And I think there's Number one, I think uh, a lot of things that people don't realize, and I'm only realizing this now as I'm trying to build more digitally, is that mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff takes a lot of time and like a lot of work. And that's really why you got to decide what you want, because you can't spread yourself too thin. Like, uh, you know, we all see those uh, those like, you know, comedians performing on stage and there's like subtitled and they put them on TikTok or they put them on Instagram and stuff like that. And it seems like 15 seconds and it's nice and easy, but it's hard. Like even with the auto cap technology, like apps that you have, you still have to co totally go back and comb through everything, make sure it hits right. It'll take you to get like a 30 second clip or whatever. Uh, uh -huh. It'll take you like maybe like an hour to really like put the thing together and make it look nice and all that shit just for like 15 to 30 seconds. 100%. I mean, I always tell people, I think, yeah, the worst thing is like when you like you film a thing and then you're like, oh, yeah, I did a 10 minute set. And then you're like, I had to go watch that 10 minute set I to know. get 30 seconds. And uh, then you have to caption it, which there's no. Yeah, I wish someone would come up with a much simpler way to caption things. I have yet to find too. a good service where you're like, OK, cool. Now it's captioned. We should <laughs> get so honestly, we should get in on this because I've been talking to a couple different comedians about this. Because I yeah. think that's that's a perfect way for the market too. Because it's like we're such a niche group of people. Uh huh. But that type of social media is never going to go away. Like yeah, at least not for the next like 20, 30 years. Like even if it changes different platforms and shit, like subtitle shit and those super short videos, it's not going. So if we can find some sort of algorithm to almost like sample the laugh and then remove it and just yeah. listen to the dialogue i feel like that would change everything for reals it would everything. be if i yeah if i had any technon like was tech savvy at all i would totally do that i am I not so i don't think i'm like phd in dick jokes that's me i know yeah i'm like <laughs> if anybody wants to steal this idea and make a million dollars please go right ahead <laughs> that's what i'm saying i always get like like wowed by those uh those comedians who were like amazing at one other thing and then just decided to do stand up, you know, like, yeah. Uh, who was it? Like Isabel Hagen. She was like, she went to Juilliard for the viola. Yeah. Uh huh. Performed on Jimmy Fallon, like way before she was doing comedy, just yeah. on the late night show for how good she was at that instrument. And yeah. Like, All right. Well, I'm going to do stand up now. And yeah. And now I'm going to do this and also be a great joke writer and comedian. <laughs> You're yeah, like, cool. Yeah, it's like, well, fuck you, man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, true.
yeah, it's fucking wild. But let's go back to more, uh, you know, a little bit more about you. Like, uh, tell me about your parents. Like, what did what did they do? Are they together? Were they together? You know? Yeah, my parents are together, and um, they've been married for like thirty five years now. I think that's oh, correct. Wow. Um, yeah, they met at like um. I want to say, what was it? It was like a place called Best Products, which is like very similar to like Best Buy. Um, Yeah, they both worked there together. Met had uh, four of us. I have three siblings, which is great. An older brother, an older sister, and a younger sister. Um, And then, uh, yeah, they've been together and... Yeah, it's a I it's always funny because I came from like a very suburban, like yeah, yeah. two parent household, which just feels like very opposite of like most comedians. I'm always like, what drama? <laughs> I was going to say that, too. Like you are like, you, uh, you know, I was almost going to not throw in shade, but going to be like, oh, you're one of those comedians. You yeah, know, <laughs> you're like, well adjusted. Yeah, you're like, how are you still here? Like what, th- yes. what made you think like I have to tell things to people? Um, right. But, you know. I don't you know, what's crazy, though, is you talking about that. But I also feel like that's changed so much in the last like 15 to 20 years. Uh, You know, if you were talking to a comic who came up in the 80s or the 90s, they'd be like, you know, they tell you some crazy story. Like my mom was a a prostitute and, you know, my dad was never around. And, you know, (laughs) and I was, you know, uh, all I did was perform at the nightclub that my mom turned tricks at and you know, and I, I yeah, exactly. 12. Yes. Uh huh. I was raised in a club. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 100%. And now I think it's because of like YouTube and all those other things. And honestly, just seeing those people, like those wounded people, those wounded soldiers become such prolific people and become so big. It just made everybody, you know, get inspired. And I think a lot more people are doing it. Uh, and also, too, I think there's just no industry in America anymore. So the only industry we make is entertainment, which is a big thing. Yeah, you know? no, it's true. I, yeah, I think, again, the Internet has just like lowered the barrier to entry in that sense of like, you totally. can just be funny and like make stuff and it's totally fine. And you don't have to come from like a, yeah, a scarred background, which is kind of nice, I think. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good. It's good and bad. I think there's good like there's edges to it because it's like it's a great thing because you want people to be well adjusted and, you know, and cool and not have to be so just, you know, uh, reactionary or angry or whatever emotional problems they have. But the one con of that is I think you do get sometimes not all the time, but sometimes you get a lot of like very privileged kids that end up kind of boxing everybody out like comedy every year comedy is less and less for the misfit toys of the world and uh-huh. it's almost a little sacrilegious because it's like that's how it got started like a lot of comedy does come from pain and that type of shit so to tell those people that like we don't like what you do or you know not i'm not gonna you know uh get on a soapbox because sometimes people say the wrong things because they come from the wrong backgrounds and shit like that <laughs> but just being like we don't like what you do we don't like what you represent and we don't like what you say and it's like yeah, but you got to realize you were taught all the right things to do and say and act, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And no, that's like, there needs to be a balance, I think. Yeah. No, I agree 100%. Um, I, yeah, I think at least what I found and what I hope is that like 
the funny in the end like wins out you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. if you're if if enough people relate to your idea it doesn't have to necessarily be like the most socially conformed like yeah. <laughs> thought because if it's true and that's the thing about comedy is like if it rings true and people relate and they laugh about it then like you can pretty much say that's why i always think it's funny i always hear people in like mics or at shows or whatever and they're like say something risque or whatever and then they're like oh you guys don't get it and you're like no sometimes it just literally wasn't funny <laughs> like, yeah, like we totally i am on, understand you yes i'm on the side of like you can make anything funny truly but like if it's a well-crafted joke like yeah. sometimes people just say out-of-pocket sentences and you're like that was just words constructed together it wasn't a joke no um, that's absolutely true yeah so yeah no for sure i agree there's a huge balance no there's that's that's definitely true i will say that like you know there yeah there definitely you know has to be balanced you got to be good enough i think to push out your product and people not not to care where you're from or, you know, uh, even your types of views. Like there are people, you know, that uh, are on certain podcast networks and shit like that, that say all sorts of fucked up shit. And I'm not necessarily a fan of them, but I can't deny that they are funny. I don't like what they say, you know, but I'm like, fuck. yeah, yeah. Funny point, like, you know? Yes, exactly. You're like <laughs> that was hilarious. Don't agree you're with wrong. it, but you made me giggle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that's the whole thing. I think that's so beautiful about comedy is like, it's so involuntary. It's so visceral. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I think there's sometimes that people try to deny that part of themselves where they try to yeah. like lobotomize comedy in this weird way. Yeah. Like, no, I have to, it, everything you say, I have to process and then I have to decide if it's okay to laugh. And it's like, yeah. And that's always the worst. Like you can just outright laugh. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Like that's why black, like, like black comedy shows and like, you know, black comics, I feel like are almost like, eternal you know what i mean there's something that they have that is so like that anybody can cling to because it's just like it's all about just being the funniest possible you know it's you they try like you know black comedians we try to be clever and this and the third sure but it's all about how funny the shit is you know yeah exactly yeah 100 percent. yeah man uh also too i so let's go back to your uh family your parents uh what did they do what, are, what were their jobs um, my dad is computer programmer and then my mom um, is like an insurance claims examiner. Okay. So very, very like stern, I feel like stoic job op uh, occupations. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, they do have like a lot of like my dad also like coaches basketball to high school and my mom like sings. Um, she does like stuff. Uh, we have a minor league baseball stadium where I live and she does like the national anthems there and like sings in the choir. So oh, they wow. both kind of have like creative uh, stuff, but they also, yeah, like what they do um, for the most part. But yeah, none of them came from like a background where it's like, oh, they're an actor or they used to be a ballet dancer or yeah, yeah. Being a star yes exactly no that's that's interesting though like do you think you know maybe that kind of upbringing like i think maybe the mix of the kind of more creative type stuff like your mother does and stuff like that but the more uh -huh. like binary stuff of like computer engineering and insurance mm -hmm. you know sales and stuff yeah. like that do you think that's kind of what you know helped mold you in in the thought of like yes i'm gonna be a comedian but i'm gonna be a writer you know because that's like <laughs> Writing's binary, but, com you know, being a comedian is just like a, you know, spin art, you know, <laughs> it's like, it's a collage. Oh, uh, yeah. 
you know? That's interesting. I don't think so. I always feel like I came to comedy kind of like out of left field in a weird way. Like it wasn't really necessarily the thing that I was aiming towards. Like I found it just purely off of discovering that I really loved writing jokes and I really love being on stage and like performing for people. So I don't think I ever really thought, cause I know a lot of people now, especially with like what I do, everyone's always like, okay, so was that the goal? And like, are you going to quit stand up or was I always have just gone with like what I enjoy. And I like started doing comedy and writing jokes and doing stand up. And then I found that like, Oh, I also like writing sketch. So I started writing sketch um, and like writing uh, on like a sketch team and things like that. So I, it's so funny because everyone always asked was like, Oh, your parents, were they like worried when you started doing stand up yeah. and stuff? I started so randomly and not even in a way that was like, I'm now a stand-up comedian that I think before any of us even figured out what I was doing, I was already doing it, you know, like there was never one of those moments. Yeah. Where I like sat down my parents and was like, I'm doing stand-up comedy. It was just like, I was out in LA. I was doing stuff like trying to like do entertainment hosting, like Juliana Rancic or like Ryan Seacrest kind of stuff. Okay. And then discovered that I liked doing comedy. And so then I was like, oh, I'll take a stand-up class. And they were like, cool. And so I did that and then discovered that I love stand-up. And then I was like, oh, I think I'm also going to take like a sketch class, maybe improv. And they were like, cool. And so then from like taking those classes, like after work and stuff and um, just like getting involved, it slowly actually became like a real thing. And then by the time I got like a, I never, I was always just working jobs and stuff. So there was never like a big, I'm now a stand-up comedian, like coming out yeah. moment. It was just like, I kept following my passions and I was like, oh, cool. And here we are, <laughs> you know? Well, that's a good thing about stand-up though, too. And I think just comedy in general though, is that it can kind of be, it's not like comedy is almost like tofu. It can mix in with yeah. anything, you know? Uh-huh. Like you can just, you can do it. Like you said, you, you were kind of starting on, on like being a presenter and kind of an event host. You know, yeah. and some people might only stick with that. But if you do stand up, you know, or if you do just comedy in general, you can still do that. I mean, every time for the Oscars, they have a different comedian or they different. Yeah. Person, you know, uh-huh. so that's really, really interesting. Uh, are you yeah. still into that type of stuff? Like, you know, uh, are you trying to be on extra someday? <laughs> no, but I would eventually love to like host an award show or like my own late night show. Nice. Um or things like that of that nature. So I feel like that kind of combines it. But the thing about those things is you have to be like red carpet stuff. You have to be charming, not funny. You know, you have to be very like, hello, I have a good personality, but it's not taking up the show. It's not in your face, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking that- of charming and uh, charming, not funny. Have you like, have you offended any celebrities backstage yet by making some weird joke? <laughs> no, no, I know. Right. No, not at all. I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, let me think of every thought that I'm going to say before I say it and keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I am, if I have no other good qualities, it is one of them is that I'm very self-aware. That's, <laughs> am, that, see, that's good. A lot of comedians yes. are not. Oh yeah. I would say most comedians are not at all. <laughs> it's half of the, half of the battle is being like, are people enjoying this? And be like, they are not at all. So <laughs> And I've seen a lot of those. Oh, yeah. Constantly, constantly. Uh, I've been the star of a couple of those as well. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to ask you, too, like, so how is, uh, you know, how is it backstage, like the atmosphere, like before the show? You know, what's the yeah. usual schedule like for SNL? Like, I know you guys start dress rehearsal on like Thursday, right? 
No, but we like run through the show the first couple of days before um, the show actually goes live on Saturdays. So okay. we're like running through and blocking. Um, we have like a writing night that we do on Tuesdays. Um, it's a lot of long hours, but a lot of fun. I mean, they hired on like 10 new writers this year. So everyone is just like very collaborative. Um, we're all new. So we're all kind of like figuring it out and helping out each other out a lot, which has been very good. And I think that's been very helpful. There's a lot of like really, really cool, like different voices on staff this year. And like nice. people who have different voices than me, which like helps me write a lot. Um, but yeah, the energy is like, I mean, there's nothing like a live show, you know, it's, yeah. it's always fun. Even like with stand up or like anything, it's always fun and exciting to be like, I feel like it just infuses a lot more of just excitement. Cause you're like, Oh, people are grabbing things and this person's got to go get their wig and you got to move out of the way. Cause someone is like running to go to their next scene. And um, so that's really, really cool. It's very energetic, very like alive and like all these things being thrown around and like you got to just like catch things and do them on the fly which is is fun it keeps me on my toes you're never bored <laughs> truly yeah, that's that's really cool like i you know i feel like that's the main allure for it to, for me as well you know like uh like because i i write as well like i write scripts and stuff like that but I, i'm not gonna lie like i've always wanted to do something like late night or like snl because of that aspect of it the real yeah. like, live kind of part where to me it's like that is writing but it's the closest you can get to stand-up comedy almost while writing and you know you yeah. might be doing improv and sketch during that but it's really just the atmosphere of just like you're here this is your show if something goes wrong you try to fix it you know if not it just is what it is and we'll see you back next week you know yes oh yeah 100 percent. yeah is there anybody you uh like look up to specifically that you know that's on the cast right now I mean, uh, truly, it's going to sound so corny, but all of them, I think it's like one of those things where it's just surreal to be like working with everyone on staff there. Everyone has been like very, very nice. And I think it's because we all work so closely together um, that it's just like there's nobody who, you know, they say like, don't meet your heroes usually. But this was one of those situations where it was like everyone is truly just like very great, very chill. Nobody's like, hey, hi, hey, you know what I mean? Nobody's like in your face or anything. Um, so it's just been like cool to work uh, yeah, around people who you like have seen for years. I think I especially geek out over like Keenan Thompson, just cause I feel like he's such like a cultural icon, especially like yeah. as a black person growing up in the early thousands and like all that, all that and like yeah. Nickelodeon and like, he kind of ruled the scene. So it's really cool. Anytime I get to write anything and I can like put him as like a character in it or something, I'm always like, ah, he crushes it every single time. And my little 90s loving heart is like so, <laughs> so excited about it. That's amazing, dude. That's really amazing. Uh, so what, like as far as uh, writing goes, I wanted to ask this question because I, I get a lot of people who watch the, you know, watch the show or listen to the podcast and want to know more about like technical stuff when it comes to like comedy and everything like that. So can I ask you, uh, do you write every day? Um, I do. I do not the same things every day. I don't have like, I'm trying to get on like Seinfeld's level where yeah, it's like, I know, <laughs> okay, so I know which is Ridiculous. incredible. Yeah, I, I do. I always try to say, I, I definitely, like I said, fancy myself as like writer performer. So I'm always doing something, something related to like my goals or what I want to do. I feel like, especially with comedy, it's very easy to get lost in the mix of like, doing things that aren't really comedy, but are close to them. Yeah. And uh, 
like people who are like hanging at comedy shows, which is awesome. And you should do, but like sometimes people hang more than they do, like actually get on stage. And so I think there's a lot of things where like people are like, yeah, I'm constantly listening to comedy albums. And you're like, but how often are you writing? And so I try to like check myself on that and like, okay, did I actually do something that's honing my craft today? Or did I, or did I do something that I thought was close, (laughs) but really wasn't. And so I definitely try to like, write or like watch a tape that I've done and see how I can improve on stage or yeah I've always tried to do those kind of things no I think that's that's pretty that's legit because I you know I just asked that question because you know number one I've had a couple different people that I've interviewed and the the answer is always kind of different it's either like yes I do and I do it all the time or like no I just Uh let things come to me or somewhere in the middle Uh, Uh but I also feel like it helps like the reason I kind of make this podcast is to help people, uh, you know, who have the same anxieties as me when yeah. it comes to this type of shit. And that was always my problem where like I wouldn't write every day or I'd feel bad that I wasn't doing enough, even if I was writing every day and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And it just goes to show that I think different people have different mindsets and you can still be successful and driven, you know, as long as you just care about what you're doing and you're going in the right direction. Yeah, I always say, especially with like this, you just got to do what works for you. I think there's too much emphasis on people trying to take what other people are doing and like formulating it for themselves. And I say, if you see something that works for somebody else, figure out also like how you can make it work for you in a way that does. If like sitting down and writing for three hours is the thing that like gets you the best material, do that. If like writing on stage helps you, I always say do that. But it's like more so just like do what, works for you which sounds so simple but it's always like also not always the most simple but it is because I found myself just like stressing about attempting to do things that like other people are doing and I'm like well they're doing it so it must be the thing to do and it's like no the the originality I think wins out in the end the most so like try to be as original with your process as you are with like your actual craft I think no I get that and I feel like you know you said like it's simple but not that simple and I have a kind of like saying where I, I'll I'll say stuff like that, like, you know, work hard or something. And I'll be like, uh, it's simple, but not easy. You yes, know? exactly. And that's what it is. It's like the answer is incredibly simple. It's like all you have to do, you're like, oh, you want to go far, like work hard, be nice to people uh-huh. and things will come to you. But like, that's not an easy thing to do. You know, like uh-huh. working hard takes waking up every day and trying to push yourself forward in some way it might not be writing but just putting you pushing yourself forward and being nice to people sucks because you know comedians can be dicks sometimes yeah <laughs> you know so yeah 100 it drains you it drains you mm-hmm. but uh i i, I just uh i i want to say i really admire like how positive of a person you really are like oh, thank you i feel like it's kind of rare like you know I, it's getting better in comedy now but like it's it's kind of hard to meet people who are like kind of that cool, especially in the stage, I think where you're at, where you're, you said you've been doing it like three to four years. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's usually like when you're in your first, like one or two years, you're like really nice and like, really like everybody, we all play together, you know? Uh, and then yeah. once you get to like, you're like three, four, five, that's when you're like kind of more bitter or whatever. And then by the time you hit maybe like 10 years or like 11 years, you're either just fully bitter or you're back to being nice and you're like, none of this matters. And it's just all about 
caring about things, you know? Yeah. It's hard not to become jaded. And I feel like, especially with stand up comedy, and I think it's because you're like putting so much energy and effort. And like, also, you have to do your job at the times when other people are just like chilling and hanging out and relaxing. Yeah. And so it's hard not to become bitter. So I sort of understand it, but I try to keep that positive outlook because of that, because I'm like, oh, we're all so sad. Why is this? <laughs> is there like, is there anything you do specifically to kind of try and uh, to either calm down your anxieties you might have, like not even just with comedy, like throughout like life, you know what I mean? Is there anything you do to kind of calm yourself down, kind of bring you back to earth and kind of, you know, settle down a bit? Um, I'm a big believer in God. So I do a lot of um, like listening to worship music or that kind of thing, or like sitting in prayer um, is a big thing for me. But I also just like kind of as corny as it is, like you got to remind yourself of like how far you've come. So I'm a big fan of like keeping lists of like things that you've done or like things that you're proud of, no matter if they're like super small or whatever. I think you just again, when you're going through it, it all feels so long and so hard. And so I'm like, give yourself like a chance to remind yourself that you have had some wins along the way. Cause when it gets like down or you're in like a low season, you forget like, Oh yeah, I've done some stuff. I've, I've accomplished some things, you know? No, I, I totally get that. I mean, like for me, I kind of try to like bring myself back to earth by kind of uh, whenever I'm feeling down, I'll tell myself like, do you realize that like 10 year old, you would be so impressed by what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, to me, Oh, I, I live in an apartment and I have like three other roommates or whatever, but uh -huh. to 10 year old me who wanted to be a comedian back then, he's like, you do stand up comedy and you have like, what's a podcast. That's crazy. Whoa. You know? Yeah. It's so that's true. Like, oh, this show. Oh, that's crazy. Like, yeah. 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 100%. It's just so, it's just so interesting, man. And, uh, Definitely, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, very religious, but I am starting to get back into that type of stuff and just spirituality in general. And also just taking a breath, shutting down all the computers, all the screens. Like sometimes after I write a lot or after I, you know, podcast or I post a lot, I'll uh, just turn everything off and I'll just like sit and I'll just like lay there, like not even listen to music, just like complete silence and just yeah. enjoy being here you know that's awesome yeah not doing anything <laughs> I, love, I love that that's smart I, sometimes you have to there's not enough emphasis on self-care there isn't there isn't like uh you know who is it eddie murphy I, I was watching him on comedians in cars getting coffee and he was talking about how in uh in his house he has uh one specific room that's just an, an empty room there's literally nothing in it whatsoever mm -hmm. and uh and i believe he said like he painted it like sky blue or something and there's nothing in it and he just goes in there and he just lays on the floor and just stares at the ceiling and he's like it's the most calming thing i do yeah. throughout my day and i'm like i i totally get that I yeah totally get that truly sometimes you just gotta do it you gotta like pause and yeah. just take stock of everything that's what i'm saying it's like i'm i feel like personally i'm one of the laziest people i know but because of what I love, I end up pushing myself to do a lot of shit. You yeah. Know? And I, uh -huh. so it, I think it causes more anxiety than I than I want. So yeah. to kind of do that, it kind of helps me like be like, all right, whew, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm OK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm OK. I'm OK. Um, what was I get? What else was I going to ask you? Uh, so now that you're kind of, you know, 
more established and stuff. Do you have any other like kind of thoughts about what you want to do for your future? Do you think you want to stay at SNL for a long time? Do you think you maybe want to try and like write your own series type shit or, you know, what, yeah. you know what's the next step? Yeah. Good question. I mean, all the things, um, pretty much. I, I definitely want to stay at SNL for, um, a few seasons, at least that would be awesome to get invited back. Um, just cause it's like so much fun and I'm learning a ton and it's been, um, just awesome. So that would be the hope for sure. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, eventually I want to do like hosting my own late night show or, um, just like more opportunities to do things like that. I would love to like film some of my stand up and actually like like get like a small set on like comedy central or something or do a special one day. Um, so yeah, my aspirations are all over the place and sometimes I'm like, I should rein them in. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's awesome. I mean, especially I think nowadays it's, well, you know, we can all feel so isolated because of social media and stuff like that. So I think it's really nice to have such a large vision board of the things that you want, you know? Yeah. Uh They don't always have to come right then and there, you know, you can just take time. Exactly. Like uh, you were you were also talking about, too, uh, you know, spirituality and stuff and kind of, uh, you know, being a Christian or at least, you know, worship music and stuff like that. Does that play uh-huh. a big role in your life? Oh, uh, yeah, it does. For sure. Um, I think that's part of like how I stay so grounded, which also, again, is like against the whole comedian thing. I'm yeah. I'm an antithesis to comedy in and of itself, uh, but I like it that way. It keeps me uh, grounded for sure. I try to like attend church on Sundays. Um, it's a little bit harder with like the job because yeah. we're like out to like three, four a.m. Uh, yeah. on Saturdays, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, I think that's just the thing that like keeps me balanced is my faith for sure. No, that's 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 amazing, man. Like, uh, do you find it kind of like kind of not necessarily hard, but just a little bit more challenging because like, you know, nowadays Christianity and just spirituality in general is changing so much. Like, I feel like, uh-huh. you know, 10, 20 years ago, someone who was religious, like if they're a Muslim or something would mean like I never drink anything and I don't do this. Yeah. And I don't do that. Now you meet somebody who's Muslim. And, uh, you know, they might have a drink every once in a while or they're a little bit more open to people in the other way that they live their lives. And same with Uh Christianity. I mean, you have the fundamentalist, you know, the Westboro Baptist Church. Sure. But there's a lot more young people getting becoming more open. But do you find it kind of like hard to do such like a I don't know, kind of like such a secular job? Like, do people in your community or in your congregation kind of like judge you a little bit? because of that type of stuff, you know? No, not at all, actually. Um, I mean, I don't really find it that challenging. Um, Yeah, at all. But I know I totally get what you're saying, where you're coming from. Um, I think for me, I like try to practice, I don't know, sometimes with Christianity, I feel like a lot of it has been misunderstood over the course of the years. Um, But I just feel like the Bible is all about love and about being around people and spreading love and spreading. uh, Yeah. So I think for me, it's, it's not hard at all because I don't come at it at all from like a hateful place. Like I'm not like a person who's, I think it would be hard if I came at it from like a very judgmental place or was one of those people who was like, wow, I, I feel like my faith is my own. And like, 
I love to hear other people's ideas and I love to converse with other people about their ideas and what they think in spirituality. I love talking about that kind of stuff. So I've never really approached it from like, a, I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> okay, like perspective. I just approach it from like, this is what works for me. This is my personal relationship with God. If it doesn't work for you, more power to you. Go live your best life. Do what you got to do. You know, I'm just out here trying to do what I think is best for me and what I feel. Uh, yeah. works for me. But um, yeah, no, I've experienced those people in general in just across the board, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't really hang out with those people. I'm not around people who would be like, oh, comedy. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, too. I feel like so much, uh, you know, when it comes to like being judgmental or just, you know, judgment and stuff, I think so much of that gets thrown onto religion. Uh-huh. But people hate to you know admit that we all have that in us you oh know, yeah for sure there, there are people that are atheists who are the same way you know who are just like yeah. oh you do this uh whatever especially right now we're in the age of judgment yes you know, uh-huh. everyone's exposed and we all get to anonymously attack them and say how we don't like the way they're living even though we could be living the exact same way and we're just ashamed yeah. by that you know oh yeah yeah, one hundred percent. I always say uh, one of my favorite quotes is from Amy Poehler's book, um, "Yes, Please," and she writes, "I think a lot of people would be like better off if we just said like good for you, not for me." <laughs> and I, <laughs> I truly, that's just how I approach life. Good for you, not for me, or vice versa. <laughs> like, yeah. go yeah. on about your business. Well, you you said uh, again. I I want to keep on like the spirituality part because I think like I feel like this is uh, really interesting. So, have, you know, speaking of spirituality and stuff, have you ever done any like psychedelic drugs or any stuff like that or no? No, I haven't. Like ayahuasca or things like that. Ayahuasca, or mushrooms or acid or DMT or. No, you know, I haven't. Long list. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's like, any of these? Any, please do tell. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I have not. Really? I, yeah. Actually, I, I guess it doesn't surprise me, but you just. You seem like such a cool, calm, and collected person. And now uh-huh. when I meet somebody like that, I'm like, they've definitely done drugs. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Because the like world is psycho ever. now. So I'm like, yes. the only way you could be calm is if you met God and shook his hand. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I know. I wish I had more of like a, a, a not as like, oh, on paper, you seem this way. And then actually, but it's always like, no, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I think that's a really good quality in certain ways. I mean, yeah. you know, like there is, sometimes there is a benefit to the book and the cover being the same thing. That's <laughs> true. You that know? is very true. Like, cause yeah, sure. It's pleasant sometimes and you think somebody's super straight laced and then they're, they're like, a little crazy or a little wild, but most of the yeah. time, you know, it goes the other way and it's not great. And you're like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. That is very true. You know, it's like, you're like this. I don't know if I want to do that, you know? Yeah. You know, like you like, are out of your mind. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, I, uh, yeah, I was just asking about all that because like I, you know, I've done a lot of those uh, types of things and everything and I'm a spiritual person. I'm just into like kind of, exploring like connections and stuff like that and uh i don't know i just you know i i guess i don't i won't say like i envy people that are uh 
that don't have to do that. But it always is very interesting to me because I'm like, I want to know what someone's perspective is like when they haven't, uh-huh. you know, uh, done that, but still have the faith of what yeah. the world is. Because I was a little bit, you know, when I was younger, you know, and like super young, I went to Christian camp and I went to youth group and all that type of stuff. And, you know, it, it meant a lot to me. But as I got older, it's kind of started to fade away. And I was like, I don't know. I'm still spiritual, but I'm not sure what's going on here. And uh-huh. I will say through like, you know, uh, therapy and stuff too, but through uh, like psychedelics and stuff, like I definitely started to kind of have that faith rekindled in a, in a real way, you know, yeah. like it's, it's just so, I don't know. It's just so interesting to me. I was, I'm on a yeah. tangent. No, that's kind of an interesting, unique perspective. Um, yeah. I never thought about it that way. Like I said, if that's what's working for you, keep yeah. up. I mean, I, I haven't it. done psychedelics in years now, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. But, you know, it really helped me. It set me on a right path. Like, I think it's so interesting. Like you, you uh, see those documentaries of like the sixties and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And, you know, a lot of like cults and stuff would use like acid and stuff and all that. And I'm like, that's terrible, but I wish there is more like uh, actual like spiritual or like religious groups that did use that stuff to connect more with God. Cause I think it would be just a lot more like the, you know, the things that you're talking about where they would shed a lot of the, you know, bullshit that I think a lot of religions have against like this type of person can't do this or you can't do this. And, it, you know, I feel like a lot of religion has to do with kind of a checklist, mm-hmm. you know, or organized religion really is like more of a checklist of just like this, this and this. If you don't have that, then sorry, you're not in the club, you know? Yeah. But really where it all stemmed from, all religions stem from love, just like you're saying and an understanding to a higher power and a connection with the people around you. And I feel like if some people did, you know, if you went to church services and they gave you some fucking mushrooms, I think certain people would uh, realize that a little bit quicker, you know? Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. I never thought about it, but with like everything being so niche and like, I'm sure there will be a few of those popping up in the next like few years. Cause everybody is like, I think that is the most fascinating thing about our generation specifically yeah. too. It's like you almost at this point we've de- designed it. So you don't almost have to hang around anyone you don't like or yes. who doesn't, you know what I mean? Believe exactly. And like almost to a very specific level, like there's always, you can Google things. If you want something or want to find something, you can almost Google anything and find it. And that is so fascinating to me. Or like, I'm sure there's like a Facebook group of that, or, you know, there's always something (laughs) random where you're like, Oh, I didn't know there was a meetup for that or an Eventbrite link. So interesting. It's it's very interesting. I mean, you know, I also feel like kind of a new agey church is kind of a new thing. That's kind of fashion. It has been for the last couple of years, like Unitarian, you know, churches Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, my mom is kind of more into that, too, because uh, she used to be a very like devout Christian and stuff like that. And uh-huh. uh, she still is. But like we were like devout where it's like, you know, my older brother and sister, they weren't allowed to la- watch like Smurfs because, you know, she was like, yeah, it's like witchcraft in it and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. She's making. So she's like when she's about it, she's about it, you know? Yeah, she knows. Uh-huh. And like, you know, I wasn't allowed to uh, like uh, watch Harry Potter because, you know, it's witchcraft and all that type of stuff. And then yeah. uh, as Trump got in office and everything, she was already kind of getting annoyed by like Westboro Baptist Church type stuff and uh-huh. like Christian fundamentalism. And like because of uh, yeah Trump and him just kind of weaponizing Christianity 
against people and being like, well, like, you know, I'm friends with Christians and I care about what you care about. And because you have faith, you all agree that Mexicans shouldn't be in here too. Right. You know, uh-huh. type of stuff. Yeah. and uh, she kind of got a little bit, you know, pulled away from it, but now she's, yeah, she goes to like a Unitarian church. She, you know, talks to the pastor and stuff. So I think you're right. I think there's just, uh, there's a lot of space for a lot of people who want to just be open and still want to, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Is your mom in the city or where does she live? Uh, she lives down in Florida, actually. Oh, is that where you're from? I didn't even ask you. No, no, no. I'm from uh, I'm from New Jersey originally. Um, you know, I, yeah. I was born and raised in Jersey, and then she moved down to Florida like ten years ago. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. My aunt had a condo down there, and uh, you know, unfortunately, she passed away like fifteen or twenty years ago, and oh. uh, so that that space was just left open for like years. And uh, and she had like paid it off and everything. So my mom was like, fuck it. I'm just going to leave and uh, do this. So, you know, uh, yeah, cool. she just did Never. it. I'm super proud of her. She's great. She's awesome. Uh, it's always nice to go down there, too, because I have a lot of family in like West Palm Beach and like, you know, Miami and all that type of stuff. Uh, what about you? Do you have family around like uh, like are you guys all what's like the lineage of your family? Are you guys like just straight up from California for generations or? Where were your parents from? Um, they are uh, from California. They're both um, have been living there uh, for like years. My dad's family also a little bit from the East Coast. Um, actually, same with my mom a little bit, but uh, they're like pretty much California kids. Um, yeah, pretty much my whole family is in California. Really? Well, yeah. I, guess it's a, I mean, California is like 90% of the West Coast, so. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that is true. That that's is true. That's, so that's it's so kind of but that's still cool. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's nice. Everyone's like always around for like the holidays and stuff, which is awesome. That's really great. That's really great. Are you going back for Christmas? Yeah, I'm very excited about it. It'll be good. I haven't been back in a few months. Nice. Well, this time when your uncle or something asks about your little comedy skits, uh, he'll <laughs> actually know. be correct. So Exactly. <laughs> right. Finally, I'll be like, oh, I have a job now. Yeah. He'll be like, I told you you should have talked to Lord Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be nice. I know that is true because that's the thing comedians always get is like, have you heard of that show SNL? You should do that. Yeah. Like, it's oh, like, cool. oh, great. Yeah. I guess I'll just walk through the door. You know, uh-huh. I'll get right on it. <laughs> uh, actually, speaking of that, you know, and we're kind of winding down here, but speaking of that, uh, speaking of SNL, uh, how, how is Lord Michaels? Cause like I, you know, you always hear stories about the guy, and you're brand new. So what's your take? Yeah, I mean he's great. So far he's been awesome. I've only gotten to talk to him a few times, um, but he's still, even to this day, so involved with the process and like um, has final say on everything. He's there every day. Um, so yeah, I mean that's been the coolest part, especially as someone who like wants to do a lot in this industry to just see someone still like working and still passionate about it and still passionate about comedy, which I think is the coolest part too. He really is like a tried and true, like comedy writer at heart. Um, and so that's been also like just a cool example to see is like, yeah, he still just loves jokes and loves like making jokes and um, yeah. Being funny with the cast, which is really, really cool to see. That's, that's fucking awesome, man. Like I, uh, yeah, I've always been like really inspired by that guy and like I've paid attention to his career and everything. So that's really, yeah. really cool. Uh, they get to work with him and I'm so happy for everything that's going on with you. I, I wish you a lot of success in the future. And I, you know, I feel like Thank I don't you. even have to wish it. It'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate it. It always helps, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
Hell yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess we're going to uh, end the interview here. Thank you for hanging out and everything. Is there anything you want to say? You have any dates coming up or anything? Because I'm putting this out on Friday. So. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Just follow me on socials. Um, I'll be around. I perform a lot at like Greenwich Village Comedy Club. That's like my home club um, in New York City. And I'll be there a lot during like January, February. So, yeah, come out to a show. All right, cool. Maybe I'll see you around because uh, I'm doing a lot of stuff at Broadway and Greenwich, too. So. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Rubbing a little bit of comedy elbows out there. <laughs> yeah, I love that. All right. Well, Vanessa, I'll see you later. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And uh, guys, this has been Drop and Give Me 20. Uh, I'm Phil Risen. I'll see you later. Peace.